Oh, in this episode, the meddlers meet... Nate. Hey, Brett. Hey, Nate. Um, I know you guys came over to record an episode, but I was actually on my way out on vacation. Yeah, we saw that you had packed your bags. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going to go see the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, Scotland. You got your passport. Why would I need a passport? For the, the Loch Ness Monster. You said Loch Ness Monster, right? right? Like, yeah, I'm going to Boston. What? Michael, that's not where the Loch Ness Monster is. Alright, I guess we are going to have to watch this episode of Scooby-Doo before my flight leaves. And it would have been mine if it hadn't been to those meddling kids. Would you do it for a Scooby snack? Yes, might have gotten away with it too. It wasn't for these blasted kids and that dog. Looks like we're in a podcast. <laughs> That's a podcast, Raggy. On this episode of Meddlers Incorporated, the Loch Ness Mess. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode fifty-one of Meddlers Incorporated. My name is Michael, and my name is Brad, and we are joined here by our friend. Hello, this is Nate. So we're going to talk about the second episode. Featuring the Harlem Globetrotters. I'm really happy to see them again, actually. It's been a while. It's been two episodes. Yeah, but it's been a while. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Since we've seen them. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. If you guys want to watch this yourselves, you are definitely able to do that. Just like the last one. This is in a lot of places. It's on Scooby-Doo Meets the Harlem Globetrotters VHS. Scooby-Doo Meets the Harlem Globetrotters DVD. The best of the new Scooby-Doo movies. DVD, Scooby-Doo meets Batman slash Scooby-Doo meets the Harlem Globetrotters DVD, and Scooby-Doo and the Skeletons DVD. That... <laughs> <laughs> what? I, Wait, I, I swear. Uh, and the Skeletons? Hold on, I so, thought you were going to say Scooby-Doo meets the Globetrotters.com. I swear to God, I thought that's what you were I'm just more confused. <laughs> Who are the Skeletons? I watched the episode. There were no Skeletons. So I'm not alone in, in realizing there was no skeleton. There was a lot in this episode. Not a single well, skelly man. Now, I, I will have to give counterpoint here and say that there is one skeleton with horribly disfigured face, sunken eyes, and you actually said it was kind of terrifying. Oh, but that's one. Not well, technically, technically he, still had, he still had meat on his ghostly body. Technically, if you think about it. <laughs> like you looking him up and down. <laughs> no, I, no, I mean, like, it, there was no exposed bones. Right, right. Outside I mean, if you think of about the it, teeth. There was a lot of skeletons in this episode. Yeah. Normally, they're still. Oh, they were long, just covered in flesh. They were tall. They were animated and living. Basketball playing skeletons that just happened to be wearing the skin of the Contractors. Well, that's a disturbing thought. So, Nate, it's been a little bit of time since you've been on the ep- on the, the podcast here. Yes. Why yeah. don't you tell us anything exciting that's going on? Anything that you want to talk about? I never found any free juice. That's been a constant in my life since the last time we spoke. Well, maybe I'll find some in Boston. I, I hear they have grape juice in Boston. They have grape juice? Yes. Alright. I, I can't think of too many places that just doesn't have grape juice. Like, yeah, I, I think if you go into a store, it's like, can I get some grape juice? Like, I no, think we a, have none. I think that's a standard for most places that have stores. I agree. Good luck in Boston trying to find grape juice. <laughs> Confirmed. Just trying to find the free juice? Uh, yeah, trying to find the, the free juice. That's about it. That's all I've been doing. That's pretty much it. Bet and, your wife is happy to know that. Yeah, it's it's cause a lot of problems with us. <laughs> I spend all my free time looking for free juice. He still hasn't come back with any juice. <laughs> He's been gone for months. You've met Lauren, right? Who? His wife. <laughs> He's like, who? Why, uh, why did you make his wife sound like she's an 80-year-old woman? That's how long he's been gone for juice! Oh, okay. I just meant, like, she's just been sitting there for, like, you know, 30 years, maybe. Okay, because I'm just sitting here, like, I, I just saw her today, and she... <laughs> she wasn't, she definitely wasn't 77. <laughs> well, yeah, that was the joke, though. He's just out looking for juice for a long time. He already had to replace his car. Well, that's a good point. He didn't have to get I, a... Oh, that is a new thing. I did get a car. 
Well, so. it's got better gas mileage, so you can expand your juice searches. Yes. Yeah, got to so expand the radius for juice searching. I'll be able to go farther now, averaging 42.5 miles a gallon. So well, Congratulations. Uh, yes. So, a- you know what doesn't average great gas mileage? What? It's a mystery machine. Oh, how much does it get? It's a van from the 1960s, so I assume not a lot. All right. And yet the kids go everywhere in that van. But they run out of gas all the time. Well, I mean, that's true. Well, yeah, you know, that actually makes sense now. If they're driving an eight-banger, I mean, you know, running out of gas seems like it would be par for the course. Actually, that van has a lot of problems. Flat tires, the radiator running out, sandbars. <laughs> Freddy's driving. <laughs> Freddy's driving, Shaggy's directions. No wonder they run out. Yeah, well, in this case, they're coming from Boston, and they are on their way to meet up with a family member. Do you guys remember who they were meeting with? Yeah, uh, Uncle, Uncle Nate, Nate, as you like to call him. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Nat to his friends. Nat, yes, Uncle Nat. Yeah, Nathaniel. Uh, Shaggy's great Uncle Nathaniel. Right, it's Shaggy's great Uncle Nathaniel, in fact. And I think this is the first time we've met a member of Shaggy's family. I know Daphne technically had that one relative for the movie. What do you mean technically? That was not tech. Like that was her uncle. Yeah, but I mean, like I was saying, like this is the first time I really thought about meeting him. I was like, yeah, there is that one. But this is the second time, I believe? Yeah, it's we don't meet a lot of them thus far. Like, eventually as the series goes on, we're going to have to drop a weird-looking family tree for all of them. But for right now, we haven't... Like, <laughs> a we weird-looking have... family tree that all of our listeners can see. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Do you guys see the tree? We've been working on it. It looks good. <laughs> so, as they're going there, Shaggy is leading them somewhere they all think he's leading them to uncle nathaniel but he's not he's leading them by sense of smell uh to what seems to be grilling burgers uh, and, and by seems to be i mean the harlem globetrotter says that's what they were doing yeah yes the harlem globetrotters uh were in their words in the middle of nowhere and and, and there was just a grill just outside uh, of boston you know middle of, no- <laughs> middle of nowhere really no famous landmarks nearby Right, yeah, and I mean, it looks like they're in the swamps of Louisiana, I swear it does. They and, probably uh, just have the same, because that, that's where they were in the last the episode. Same, the same artwork. <laughs> so they probably just put some of the same artwork out there. It's like, eh, close enough. We'll throw in some trees that aren't very sorry. southern looking, but they happen to be somewhere in uh, somewhere in Boston, but very far removed from society. And uh, they probably were Probably somewhere burgers. near, uh, somewhere in the same region as Brookhaven, is it? The witch's ghost. They might, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could go for that. The hard blow treasures are there grilling. Now, and you and I were talking about this while the episode was going on. About how it's weird that they just happened to drive in the middle of nowhere and find a grill and a picnic table long enough. But then I started thinking about it. Later, we find out they have scuba gear in their, in the back of their van. Yeah. For no particular reason. They just have it. Do you think they just carry around a grill and a picnic table with them at all times as well? Oh, I thought you were going to ask if... if if I thought they were actually orchestrating all of this. No. That's a, that's a Scooby-Doo conspiracy theory we're not going to touch on <laughs> just yet. I just thought it was pretty normal for like campgrounds and park areas to have public-use grills. And I know that nowadays it might not be as common, but back in the late 60s, 70s, I think they would have been around. And considering what time this episode's set in, it doesn't seem super uncommon for they, a more scenic area to have parks and open areas. They actually do have them still. Uh, yeah, that's what I meant. I was like, know, yeah. Lauren and I did a number of hundreds of miles on a hike over a month period, and we saw a lot of public use grills. Yeah, so that sounds horrible. It was. It does a lot of fun. Hundreds of but, miles of walking. Yes, man. About 400 miles. I need a nap now just thinking about it. But anyways, why couldn't you drive? <laughs> His car didn't have the gas mileage. Then, oh, God, yeah. it got it. They were stranded yeah. looking They were looking for, for that free juice. Yeah. We've been in the woods for three years. Where's the juice? So they're going to Uncle Nathaniel's and Shaggy invites the Harlem Globetrotters with him because, you know. Why not? Why not? It doesn't seem like Nathaniel is expecting them based on how he reacts later. So now here's Shaggy bringing his friends and also the Harlem Globetrotters. Pretty rude. That's a lot of people to just show up. Well, he has 75 rooms in his house. I think he does have a big enough house for everyone. I mean... You know, and I thought that that Shaggy was just being ridiculous, but then later... The house is huge. The house is massive. I mean, 
There, there literally may be 75 rooms in that house. So as they drive away, what pops out of the lake? But the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, it looks more like a sea serpent to me. But it is called later on the Loch Ness Monster. And I just have to, to throw this out here. Michael, I know this is a... Is, I know this is an episode of Scooby-Doo, and I know you base a lot of your reality on that. But Almost all of my reality is based on Scooby-Doo. <laughs> but, I'm Michael, so... I'm going to tell you right now, this is not where the Loch Ness Monster I just usually saw... resides. Well, usually. Maybe this is like its summer home. Okay, well, how about this? How about we just watch the end of the episode, and we'll see if, we'll see if the Loch Ness Monster is still there, according to you. Fair. This is really strange, because they go to Scotland, and they do have an episode where they investigate the Loch Ness Monster. They have, let's several. see. Several. There's at least one other episode coming up of a regular series episode, and then they actually have an entire movie yeah. based around Scooby-Doo and the Loch Ness Monster. It's just so weird. Yes, yeah, so uh, according to us, it's a sea serpent, but later on, they do identify it as the Loch Ness Monster for some reason. Now, we get so something... strange. We, we get something really odd here, where, for reasons that I don't understand, the Harlem Globetrotters and, and Mystery Incorporated decide, well, we got two vans, neither of them are, are you know, something that we can blend into, we're just going to drive both of them and we are going to just swap random party members for no particular reason hey i mean yeah. maybe some of them were tired of riding in the bus and some of them were tired of riding with shaggy i can understand that so velma, fred velma wasn't tired of riding with shaggy it's true fred and daphne were riding with the globetrotters this is one of the few times we see fred not driving the mystery machine and he purposely let shaggy drive it and you know what bad decision i mean it can't be worse than when fred drives it well yeah but it's nighttime. And he knows how skittish Shaggy is, so he's not even being led by the smell of burgers anymore. <laughs> well, he's not being led by apparently anything, because the map he has seems to be useless for finding Uncle Nathaniel's house. But if you wanted to find some fast food joints, it was gonna get you there. Now, we just got done saying how the Loch Ness Monster does not belong in this episode. It just doesn't. However, we do see something that's a bit more appropriate to the environment. Uh, Nate. They're driving through what looks like backwoods Louisiana, and a ghost uh, is just in the middle of the, of, of the road uh, and warns them to leave. And kind, of, kind of like in colonial garb? I yes, think. yeah. Colo yeah, I think a little more colonial Quaker garb. Oats guy, if you will. <laughs> as, <laughs> as my brand new Scooby-Doo encyclopedia that I got for my birthday says... It is the Minuteman ghost. Okay, yes. The, yeah, okay. That's a, a, the better description. The Minuteman ghost. I think um, people would recognize the Quaker Oats man. Even though he speaks very clearly and tells them to go away, uh, <laughs> Fred seems to to not understand him at all. Uh, how, how exactly did that interaction go He's again? like, who are you, though? <laughs> and they're like, go away! No, I no. said! He says, <laughs> what's I your said? name? <laughs> it's, it's just funny because he's more or less like, I mean, I can understand it. He's behind the mystery machine. Pride can't really see the guy. He's like, look, a white guy with a torch. Or, uh, I guess, a lantern. He's yeah. like, we've, we've only seen this back when we were in the swamps and saw the zombie. He's either Let's clarifying. At this guy. He's either clarifying because he can't see, or Fred's being super petty. <laughs> now I'd say like Fred's. I'm used to being in the in the front seat of the mystery machine. Can't hear you from there. Come back here and exposit to me. Shaggy's no good. <laughs> well, you know what? Based on how he reacts in the rest of the episode, super petty may be the option for Fred here. <laughs> Fred brought brought his petty pants with him today. <laughs> they, he just got back from by the ocean. He's a little salty. The bottom, bottom, what follows is Shaggy getting freaked out, and he is gone. Pedal to the floor. tearing his way through uh, the rural area outside of Boston. We see another ghost, the Redcoat Ghost, who also warns them to leave. And Shaggy, we thought, ran him over. Yeah, they, they do a quick cutaway, and, and then you hear a loud thump. So It's not often you see a Minuteman and a Redcoat with the same values and the same goal. Well, we did here. Shaggy and and the gang crash through the woods, basically, end up finding the road that they had lost uh, by pure dumb luck. And they drive up. Now, this is the part that I, I really am confused about. They're behind. The Globetrotter van is behind the mystery machine. Fred and Daphne 
see that there's a covered bridge coming up. And they can plainly see the sign that says the bridge is out. And it's rather large. It's going from the bottom left up to the bottom right. Like, it is a huge sign. You really should not be able to miss it. Right. Velma, like, you know, Shaggy, I understand him missing it. He's terrified. Velma doesn't seem to notice the sign, but does refer to the bridge as quaint. Quaint. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She's just having, I mean, she's probably not, she's, she's probably been through enough closed bridges, like in the Batman episode we just got done watching, with the bridge that just kind of kept rotating. She's starting to like him now. <laughs> it's quaint. <laughs> but they did tear through this broken bridge, the one that said bridge out, and they went right through it and actually came out okay, luckily enough. Unscathed. But, I mean, I think there might be a reason for that. Yeah, they Fred's investigating this bridge. It's like, everything looks fine. Like, the, none of the boards even look worn out. Like, it looks pretty new. And we find out it was built five, six months ago. By, by Uncle Nat. Suspiciously like Shaggy. There's no way that, that you could put those two people together and be like, oh, these guys aren't related. It was right. actually right. funny because as I was casually watching the episode, I saw Uncle Nat and I was like, oh, it's Uncle Nat. Because I just it just it's the Shaggy model with like an old man makeup kind of slightly pasted over it. And a very thick, uh, strangely shaped white beard. Yeah, and you know what was weird? weird? I just, it didn't really occur to me at the time. He built a bridge? By himself. Like, by himself? <laughs> like, that's, like yeah. he's not like in the construction biz. Well, I it's mean, not like he's a city official. Did he get tax money for that? Well, we found out later that his great-great-great-grandfather built this house single-handedly. So, you know, amazing it's, carpeting. It's a, lot, it's a lot easier to believe someone would build a colonial house that was way back in the day, but... To build a covered bridge? That just seems like you know, official work, doesn't it? You know, maybe he is an official... You know, here, we I, don't know what he does. I guess. Like, he's clearly well off. And I mean, he he has a 75-room house and can afford to feed <laughs> Shaggy. Shaggy and Scooby. And isn't concerned about the Globetrotters being there at all. But still, though, he, I mean, I really hope that he doesn't have to do that by his lonesome. Well, there's really not a lot of other people around. Uh, my favorite part is Shaggy introduces all of the, the gang to him. He's like, this is Fred, and this is Velma, and this is Daphne, and this is the world-famous Globetrotters. And it takes Uncle Nathaniel a good five, five minutes. minutes of real time before he's like, those oh, Globetrotters! Oh, he, doesn't even <laughs> like, he doesn't really connect the two until he sees them playing basketball. And then it's like, oh, you're those. Well, he didn't connect it then until they hit him with the basketball. Yes, they That's threw true. the basketball at him and nearly he, kill him with the basketball. Uh, no, he's a tough old geezer. He built that bridge by himself. That's true. But he's not built for basketball. But it's just that moment where I'm like, wait, you see what they're wearing? They're referring to themselves as the famous Globetrotters. They have the van. They have the van. Bus. They're playing basketball. You know what? Still smarter than Shaggy. He came to that conclusion on his own. Shaggy, I don't know if... Like, at some point in time, they probably had to sit down and go over the history of the Harlem Globetrotters and... and... Well, didn't Shaggy just instantly recognize them the first time they met? Uh... And say, oh, it's the Harlem Globetrotters. I can't remember how that went. I mean, I just assumed that someone else recognized him and Shaggy just ran with it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know those... Dudes. Yeah, for some reason, I feel like it was one of the girls that had mentioned it. It's like when, if, like if uh, Brett was to meet any kind of musical act, he'd be like, "Yes, I've definitely heard of In Sync." Who? Just run with it. It's tearing up my heart when I'm with you. Man, oh, they, the, oh, they sing. Part, I feel it too. Oh, okay. And no matter. I've never is heard it, of them. Is it just... Nate? Nate is actually a member of the band. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. So they're yeah. local. Actually, are they? One of the boy bands are, in fact, local. I don't know. Like, one of the members, like, of either NSYNC or the Backstreet Boys went to Tate's Creek High School. Really? Yes. What? Was it Lance Bass? What a terrible last name. <laughs> I would have... I would, if I was going to be in the music... Lance Fishman? No, and... I, if I was going to be in the musical kind of realm of things, I would say it's Lance Bass, not Bass. <laughs> you instantly have an N. 
Now I'm having to look this up because I know everyone's that... on their phone, guys. I'm just gonna yep, keep... I'm gonna keep the podcast rolling. Oh, right, right, guys, <laughs> it is it is in fact the Backstreet Boys. Oh, had someone who went to Tate's Creek High School. Who was that? Which one was it? Brian Littrell? Littrell? I don't know who these guys actually are, but yeah, he went to... Oh, okay. So you're schooling me on them and you have no clue who they are? And yet I knew more than you did. I'm... It's not easy if you're just making up... Uh, cousins Kevin Richardson and Brian Littrell are both from Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, so wow. Look at that. The Backstreet Boys are... Interesting. You know, like 40% local. 40%. 40%. That's pretty good. They did... the. What was the big one they did? Uh, Backstreet's Back. Everybody... Yeah, rock your body, yeah. This isn't the same band we were talking about previously, right? The other one was in sync. They're both boy bands. And you're not a member of either of those. Me, personally, no. No, 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 I was talking to Nate. He's a member of both of them. okay. Well, then I guess they're more like 60% local if he's in both of them. And there's already two members. His real name is Brian Luttrell. Yes, we're going to have to thinking this whole time. We're going to have to go and re-record the episode intro then, aren't we? Anyways. Today we have... Brian Luttrell! Anyways, moving on. Shaggy and Scooby are in the attic. Where a bunch of nonsense happens to the point that I didn't really care about most of it. Well, yeah, they weren't really in the attic per se. They were just going through the different rooms of the house. And they find an area that just has old family heirlooms. For, like, no reason, right? They're just, like... Yeah, they're just exploring. Walking around for no reason. Well, but, I think they got... I think Shaggy got lost, didn't he? Well, no. They he were, couldn't remember... Yeah, he couldn't he remember, couldn't remember where, his way around. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Now, what they do... Uh, this is probably the only part that's just the classic kind of this third new, new Scooby-Doo movie season case of random nonsense because they go in here and we get a lot of like little shaggy moments of him explaining his family history. The portraits on the wall, they had a pretty decent joke with the portraits on the wall with his great aunt Matilda? Great great grandma Matilda? Yeah, it was a great 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 grandma Matilda. Right. As he had went through all the portraits, every single one of them had Shaggy's face, including Shaggy's beard. But as they finally reached Matilda, she also had the old Norval Rogers family beard. And Shaggy was like, do you see the family resemblance? It's the nose and the eyes. And it's like, and the beard. The, the, the nose runs in the family, uh-huh. is what he said. Yes, the nose does run. And then I think uh, Scooby said something like, uh, noses run yeah, no, yeah running noses yeah something to that effect we we weren't laughing at that we were laughing at the beard bit though and the the thing that gets me is scooby sees great great grandmother matilda's eyes move shaggy of course does not believe him despite the fact that this is something that happens to them a lot pretty on the, much all the time yeah but this isn't a haunted house they're investigating usually they're in an area they're not familiar with this is his old family he still never believes scooby no matter what like no matter how many times his dog's right but you're saying this time he had right yeah to... but this time it's like if you went to your grandma's house and someone's like oh my gosh your picture of your grandma moved you'd be like that's actually my grandma it's not even a picture she's standing right there anywho's so the weirdest bit is that like sure we've seen the eyes we've seen like them frowning the ears wiggle. No, on that's, on, of... that's on great-grandfather Nathaniel, not to be confused with great-uncle oh, Nathaniel. I just meant like all the portraits are kind of doing some weird stuff. But yeah, this one's ears wiggle. And it's bizarre because after they leave, it's never mentioned again. And Shaggy and Scooby does not... like Shaggy's like, oh, well, the ears are moving. Oh, well, that's what ears and portraits do, I guess. Yeah, we're just going to leave. Like, okay, no wonder he wasn't afraid. He's probably just used to the old Hogwarts portraits. So, they go downstairs to have a midnight snack, where they are happily eating some sort of soup. Mm. It's, it's, it's not soup. What is it, guys? We, we were actually placing bets on what it is. It's either bath water or uh, laundry. Turns out, we were kind of both right, because yeah. it was just soap. Yep, it was soap. soap. He just makes his own soap. Burping bubbles. Not the first time we've seen Scooby <laughs> Shaggy yeah, no, eat for soap. For some reason, cleaning products are just not really that like unappetizing to them they love it <laughs> until they find out it's soap and then they're like oh it's disgusting it's horrible could you imagine somebody not realizing they were eating soap i just saw it <laughs> what? i just saw I mean, a i've boy seen him do it a his, lot yeah i've seen a boy and his dog do it multiple times so what follows next is a third ghost this one paul revere actually a fourth ghost because he's riding a horse and you know what i realized he never did unmask that horse we oh never, that's true they that did. horse got away I mean, he oh. rides. He rides a pale horse. 
What can we say? He does. And Paul Revere is warning us that the red coats are coming. Now um, it looks more like a white coat to me, but I'll I'll buy that. This you know woke up everyone. They're all coming out, and they are now trying to find the source of this rally noise. It sounds like one of the ghosts may have gotten into the house. Some clackety clackety noises. And what yes. do they find? The entire Rogers family chattering their teeth <laughs> under, under a, a bed. bed. Nice to know that bravery runs in this family. Absolutely. Great, great, great grandma Matilda's probably hiding under there right now. <laughs> the kind of I, I thought this was a bit scarier than normal was the fact that the ghost actually there are ghosts in the house. Well, like, that's a little bit later. Oh yeah. This, this, oh right. That's after they decide to soothe themselves and then pick guards for the night. Yeah. So jump ahead. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. So they're going to pick guards for the night. There are three options available, even though there is eleven people in this group. Well, twelve with Uncle Nat. But Uncle Nat can't do it because mm. this is his house. Right. And the yeah. girls can't do it because... They're girls. They're girls. The 70s was not a great time for this series in, in that regard. Right. Especially since both of them are braver than Shaggy and Scooby. That's a fair point. And the Globetrotters can't do it because they are their guests. And in my mind... That's, that's very hospitable of them, though. It's not their house! But still... <laughs> They're guests! All, everyone here is a guest except for Uncle Nat. Well, yeah, but it's also Shaggy and Scooby's family home. Well, it's Fred, Shaggy, or Scooby, and who ends up with the first watch? Scooby. After a very short and, I feel kind of cheated, straw picking. Yes. I, f- I feel like there should have been Fred a better Fred always there. cheats. Does Fred always cheat? At the, at, I mean, It's just because his face. He looks he really smug wins. about it. Doesn't he always win? Yes. He, ne- he never picks a short straw. No. He fills them in his hand. He, what a jerk. So... What ends up happening is Shaggy has a brilliant plan. Now, Nate, you were very excited about this plan. What was the plan that Shaggy had? Yeah, he so he ties a rope to his foot. Uh, Hold on, I need you to back this up a second. <laughs> what? Okay, what do you mean he ties a rope to his foot? So, for <laughs> some reason, Shaggy ties a rope around his, his ankle, and he's going to go lay in bed and then leave the rope under the door for Scooby to tug on if... If there's a ghost. Because knocking on a door is too hard, I guess. I also am slightly confused about what the purpose this is going to serve. Why don't you get someone brave? Or that, yeah. Like, that, let's that like the Fred's This just seems like a really easy way to get yourself dragged out of bed. Which literally. is... Literally. In exactly what happens. Setting yourself up for failure. So, this time we see the Minuteman ghost pop his head up over the window. And Scooby pulls on the rope. Little too hard. Little too hard. Just a little too hard. <laughs> Slightly. He yanks Shaggy clean out of bed and through the room. Across the room and through a door. <laughs> and it's like, wow, I guess you got kind of scared then. Let's go get food. Yep. So they get food, and that's when they see the ghost is now inside the house. And Shaggy yells, and this wakes up everyone in the house. Do you guys remember what was odd about the Globetrotters? The fact that they were all in the same room. There's so many things odd, but yes, that's the one that really struck. <laughs> 75 rooms, you couldn't have given those boys separate like separate quarters for the night? Come on, man. They all sleep in the same room. You know, I, I don't that think together, that you can together. fit an entire team of globetrotters on one bed. It just can't happen. Well, we didn't see the what was inside the room. It could have been a big room with a bunch of beds. I, I a, guess that's true. It could yeah. have been a padded room. They could have been sleeping on the walls. I mean, let's be realistic. We've seen the globetrotters just sleep on the floor in the past, yeah. so. That's fine. Yeah, it, it was this weird moment where I'm like, why are the, like, the girls are sharing a room. I'm like, okay, that still seems unnecessary, but... Yeah. You know, whatever. I would say that probably he doesn't keep many of the 75 rooms furnished for guests whenever he's not expecting any. <laughs> you know, that that could be yeah. a reasonable explanation. It's like, you know what? I guess I'm just going to have to work on getting like, I don't know, 13 rooms set up for everybody. <laughs> or I'll get three and you guys can share. That's fair. That's a fair point, Brett. You know what? Good job. You've convinced me that's what happened. I'll, I'll take that. You're welcome. That's a good explanation. I'll so... The ghost is now chasing all of them around. Now, it should be noted that they outnumber the ghost 12 to 1. Yeah. Very much so. Like, this is going back again to the, the last Arm Globetrotter episode, where there's just so many of them that it's hard to convince me that this ghost is a danger to them when there's just so many more of them. But, I mean... And literally every single ghost that this group has ever found has just been some dude in a costume, except for one robot. 
<laughs> Except for that one <laughs> robot, you know? That but none robot. of them are ghosts. But And I, I gotta say, I did think it was kind of weird that this wasn't exactly like... This wasn't an area that they were supposed to be keeping out of. This was a man's house. They weren't investigating a haunted library or a haunted mansion or a haunted anything. This was a ghost coming into a man's house to scare them into leaving whenever the guy lives there. He's lived there for a while. And the worst part is, getting kind of to the end, when you get to the end, even ignoring kind of the twists at the end... It doesn't make any sense. That they would be trying to make him leave the house? He does not seem like the type of guy that would get in the middle of their problem. Like right. Also, he yeah. has he's clearly a well-established member of the town, considering he built you a bridge... And you re- like he's not gonna just move away at the drop of a hat. No, he has a seventy-five room mansion and yeah. now a covered bridge. Yeah, and it's just I'm sorry, not gonna happen. So the group ends up getting split up, and you know I I feel like in this moment, like the last time I feel like a lot of most of the Globetrotters kind of got their own moments. But I feel like if you're not Curly or Metalark in this episode, you might as well have not done anything because the rest yeah. of them literally accomplish almost nothing they, they don't even really use their individual names which is i think just kind of whenever we were complaining like yeah you just introduced them as the famous globetrotters that's what they were in this episode yeah, they didn't really have too many individual it's, characteristics it's curly metal arc and friends and the rest here on gilligan's island yes <clears throat> now okay. curly metal arc scooby and shaggy are on their own and they're inside the library that uncle nat has and immediately find the secret passage. Yeah, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Uncle Nat, what, what is up with the secret passage? Why do you have this? never explain it. Uh, you know what? I've said this before on this show, and I'll say it again. If I build my own house, there will oh, be yeah. secret passages, guys. Nat did not build that house. It's, it's terribly made, though, because like the one book the guy grabs is the one that opens the passage. Yeah, You're telling well. me that, not, that Nat never grabbed that one book? He probably can't. You know, read. he probably actually knew about it. He's like, "Did you guys?" It's, it says on the spine, "Secret passage book." <laughs> Pull here, and he's just like, "Huh? There's some weird letters." This book says, "Just another door." <laughs> and yeah, I I gotta say, he probably actually knew all about it. I was like, "Did you guys take the secret pat?" No wonder we couldn't find you, because apparently, everyone else is looking for them. They're being heckled by the one ghost in the house. And everyone else, like, we're talking, like, all seven other members of the group are just downstairs eating food. Like, where have you guys been? I do like this. A ghost has separated us. We know there is a ghost. We all saw it. Let's go grab breakfast. Where's our friends? They go cook. Who cares where they are? They're just off, Between Between this and the last episode we saw, where Fred just leaves Scooby and Shaggy in the woods with the Joker and Penguin. I'm like, you know... I think anything, Fred really. This is kind of that's stone cold, dude. Doesn't care for these guys. Fred is not as good of a friend right now. Like I don't know what these kids did, but it has to be bad enough if he's willing to sacrifice a couple of globetrotters on top of it. <laughs> I think they were like, "That's okay. They're not playing in the next game anyway." Sprained ankles and all. We do cut straight to breakfast, and this is probably the most abrupt tonal shift I've seen in this entire show. You mean the fact that a ghost was there, and then everyone's just like breakfast, and everyone's like, "Yeah." Pancakes! It, it Literally, they just get back like, oh yeah, we've been chased by a ghost. We've been exploring the catacombs of the house. And it's like... We went down a laundry suit. I mean, there's a lot going on. It's like, yeah, but Uncle, Uncle Nat has pancakes. They're like, oh, well, forget this then. What are y'all planning on doing for the day? Let's like, go to a cove. Like, wait a minute, yes. what? There's a ghost in the house and y'all like, how are we going to spend so, our day? Yeah, they're focused on figuring out who these ghosts are. Then all of a sudden they don't care because they're going to the cove. Yeah, well, there's going to be some water skiing and some scuba doobin. Yes, that was strange. Yeah, uh, scuba uh, doobin. Velma uh. calling it scuba doobin. Everyone called it scuba doobin. I know, but it was just Velma that said it first, and we're all like, wait, what? Yeah, so so what happens is they decide to go to the cove. They're going to do some scuba doobin. Uh, the Globetrotters <laughs> happen to have all the equipment, even they though they have haven't the gear. done this oh, in a while. Like, we got the air tanks in the back. It's like, what? Why? Yes. What are those for? To pump basketballs? <laughs> that would be hysterical if that was the entire point. I mean... <laughs> I mean, actually, I don't know. wait. That... I'm going to say it takes different tanks to do that. And so. you know what? I, I won't this say that show because about they were wearing scuba-duba suits. <laughs> they were, they didn't have the scuba-duba suits. 
They were wearing scuba-doo suits. This is just weird also. I didn't really know that in New England, scuba diving was a thing. I mean, theoretically, you could go scuba diving anywhere. I know, I know that. But the fact that it's like, I just didn't really think it was a very popular pastime. That's okay. You didn't know the Loch Ness Monster was in New England either. So there's a lot you do not know, Brad. Got me there. Uncle Nat tells me, hey, y'all need to be careful up there. Why? The Loch Ness Monster is in that He says a sea serpent. Oh, he does say sea serpent. Everyone else <laughs> refers to it as the Loch Ness Monster. And the, uh, that was another thing. I'm like, okay. Bella referred to it as the Loch Ness Monster. And I don't see the connection between colonial ghosts and a sea monster. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, those two don't click to me. Like, they just, There is zero connection of those. Like, um, if it was like, oh, well, they brought it from England. Well, the Loch Ness Monster isn't from England. Now is it? Well, hold on a second. They might have brought the monster over brick by brick. Oh, <laughs> I guess. I suppose that's true. It's just, I mean, maybe even if they were like, oh, hey, look, it's the colonial ghost and the Jersey Devil. Even then, I'd be like, all right, maybe. At but least both Loch of those Ness- things are in America. Yeah, <laughs> at least those things are like just common things in America. Well, not common. <laughs> you know, colonial ghosts There's, and the Jersey Devil. Jersey yeah, Devil's everywhere. I, know what you mean. I, know what you mean. I got, I got one in my shed out back right now. Look, I would believe it if it was like even colonial ghosts and Bigfoot. Just something that's like, okay, this makes sense. But there's no reason for a sea serpent to be here. I, I I'm sorry. That that was just. I did not see the point of that, especially for it to be the main focus of the episode. And this is really the first time we're getting to see it in like 15 minutes of colonial ghosts and pancakes. We're actually significantly closer to the end now. So they do show up at the cove and they're going to rent some boats. And they go to what is the three guiltiest men I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) The guiltiest guys. No exposition given. But we knew from looking at their low brows and beady eyes. Oh, it's them. We found them. Like, here they are. Three guys. I just love how like two of them are sitting on front of a ratty looking shack that says boat to rent. I'm I'm sure the art director showed up one day and said, all right, now draw three villains. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they were like, okay, I'll draw three villains now. All right, so here we got Uncle Nat. You, you guys already know how to cl- draw the Globetrotters. And we got some colonial ghosts from Funky Phantom we now, can throw I will, out. I will say this. The colonial ghosts had pretty good designs. They did. Uh, one of them. The, the Minutemen was a little weak, but the red coat. The, the red, red coat did not have any eyeballs. Usually it's like like glowing eyes or just like faded eyes. This guy has black sunken sockets. Paul Revere looks really cool too. He's terrifying. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're act- yeah they're actually not bad looking. I'll tell you what is bad looking is the dudes outside this boat rental because as they're, <laughs> as they're asking to rent a boat, they're like kind of grimly frowning. They're like, yeah. oh, oh well, my know. favorite part is when the guy looks through a broken window <laughs> yeah. at the other guy. And like because he because the guy inside hears them asking to rent a boat, the guy in front looks and behind him, frowns him. and just does a thumb down. Like yeah, don't so, rent these guys' boats. Yeah, so it's it's uh, Selby, Morgan, and Winslow are the guys. You know, uh, otherwise Selby is- and Winslow are outside, and I want to read to you what the the encyclopedia has to say. Morgan, Selby, and Winslow are gloomy guys who rent boats on the cove. I think they misspelled... That's a fair assessment. I think they actually misspelled guilty as gloomy. (laughs) Three guilty men renting boats because they have done crime. I saw one of them, I was like, oh, he's got blood on his hands. Not right now, but like metaphysically, he's got... He's guilty of something. That man is a criminal. (laughs) I'm not a... I don't profile. I don't. I, not nearly as bad as Michael does whenever someone wants to explain a story. But for me, no, these guys are guilty. They did something. I don't even care if they're the villains of the episode. <laughs> they are guilty as sin. They have accomplished some crime. They've done something bad. But yeah, uh, it, it, I'm not going to lie. It didn't take much. Fact is, like Brett said, they're the guiltiest people you've ever seen in your life. It, like, just think in your head. Like, Close your eyes. Imagine a guilty man. You got it. That's them. There they are. I mean, the ones just like, nope, thumbs down. Yeah. Well, there's no mirror mystery here. Just like, yeah, close three your ghosts, eyes. three of them. This guy's clearly like, we're not gonna rent this. Hey, boss, these three, these these guys want to, uh, you know, rent a boat. Uh, what does your uh, crime weary face have to say about that? Well, I don't know. I'll just frown a little bit and say no. Just like, just look close more your guilty. eyes and have 
you just imagine Hanna Barbera animated a guilty man. I love Multiply it. by three, you got the you got the boat rental shop. Well, they go ahead and tell them that hey, we're going to get the sheriff involved. And that's when, like, oh. that's when the outside guys are like, okay, we'll rent the boats. Fine. Now, here's the really interesting part. I know it doesn't happen exactly at this point, but the th- other guy who was inside has now, they're all outside. They're like, I thought I told you not to rent boats out to them. They was going to get the sheriff. But the, that lane lover sheriff won't cause us near as much problems they will with their scuba dooban. <laughs> yeah, and. Did he say that? I hope he did. Oh, I was like, <laughs> I missed that. But it's just like, look. <laughs> I think he said scuba gear, but. <laughs> oh, really? oh, yeah, yeah, he said scuba gear. And now right. I know we talk about these guys being guilty, but maybe if you were like a little kid and this is your first episode of Scooby Doo, you might not have known they were immediately guilty of this crime. And then they go out and they're like, oh, the sheriff and the kids will fight. You've just pretty much given away who the three ghosts are. We saw it like as soon as we were introduced to them, but now you're actually admitting it? There's literally it, no question. There's no mystery and here. This is more like an episode of Columbo where there is no question who the villain is. Now the only question is how did they get caught? And, and see, right, like, and right. that, that bugs me a little bit because like in this instance... The only question we really have is, what are they trying to find? Usually, it's, oh, hey, look, we found gold, and we found ghosts. I wonder who the ghosts are. This is, we found ghosts, we found criminals. What are they What are this, they looking for? <laughs> this really was kind of an unholy inversion formula. Yeah, it's like, I will agree. They're, guilty, they're, they're clearly guilty of being ghosts. We have no idea why they're doing this. Yeah, we found a deed, and we found oil, and we found ghosts. I wonder who the criminal is. This is, we found criminals, we f- we pretty much found their powdered wigs at this point, and the only thing we're missing is, what treasure are they after? Where are they looking for treasure What's at? What's the point? Junkies, well, I wonder what these powdered wigs are for. Let's ask those guys with the powder on their hands. Those are our powdered wigs, we're the ghosts. Oh, well what are y'all trying to steal? What do you mean? <laughs> we just like to dress like ghosts, it's fine. We like to LARP as ghosts. It's whatever. <laughs> so Fred, Shaggy, Scooby, and Metalark and Curly, once again, are off and they are going scuba dubin. <laughs> I hate that so much. I hate it. It's Fred bad. sees a sign that says off limits uh, over in the area. And he's like, we should avoid that area. I'm like, hey. You're actually parked right by it. You, you, you put your anchor down here, actually. And you all, like, you sent them down with their scuba gear into that area. But you know what? I will say this. Even though these villains are terrible, and even though they pretty much admit their guilt right away, this is the smartest way to keep people out, and they they sabotage themselves, because they put up do not enter, road out, bridge closed, they put up official looking signs, the only problem is they also stand out in front of those, dancing in ghost garb, and they have a giant inflatable serpent sticking its head out of the water. You kind of gave away that part. What? The inflatable serpent. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'll, I'll take it back. The, the, it's definitely a real serpent. Or maybe you just said they have a giant serpent sticking their head. They just have a giant serpent sticking their head out. But it's like, this is kind of, you're, you've done the smart thing in putting up semi-official looking signs. You really could have actually just had your boat shop be closed. You <laughs> really the like, part. You, you don't at- want to give out boats to people, and you can't deny them service. What if you said, it's closed, or we have no boats, or anything? Or just not gone to the boat shop. Yeah, our, why did you our guys boats clock- are being repaired right now. Sorry. Why did you guys clock in and sit around <laughs> front getting paid to rent boats? And actually, you guys don't even look like you own the boat shop because you're sitting on the bench outside. You could have said... There's a broken window. I wouldn't even go there to rent a boat. But clearly, this is an abandoned boat rental shack. Yeah, they just said, it's like, hey, we're here to rent boats. Oh, we don't... We're just sitting by the, by the yeah. lake. We're we don't waiting. work here. We're waiting for the boat rental guy to get back ourselves. Whatever. But it's like... So this many is, better ways to handle this. I know. And so, ugh. while they're scuba-dooming, they do find... I hate it. So the Loch Ness Monster. And Brett, the Loch Ness Monster does something that makes complete sense that you had no problems with. What was it? Was it the breathing fire underwater? Yeah, that was the thing that you definitely had no problems yeah, with. Yeah, no problems with that whatsoever. Um, Which I, I've never heard any reports ever 
The Loch Ness Monster. Breathes fire! Breathes fire. That's because the people that know the Loch Ness Monster breathes fire isn't around to report it. They also... The people who know... <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. But the uh, people maybe who like know to it speak doesn't... to their corpses. But the, the people who know that the Loch Ness Monster doesn't breathe fire are people who also know that it's not in New England? Look, stop bringing your logic into this. All right? This is the Loch Ness Monster that's not in Scotland, but in Boston, and he breathes fire, okay? You know what's really, really <laughs> Wash funny? Wash your hands of it. You know what's really funny to me? I just imagine this meeting being like, all right, guys, so here's the thing. We're trying to get something out of the water, so we're going to get a big old monster to put down there. Oh, yeah, that'll keep him out. Here's some wigs. <laughs> Boss! Uh, Boss, I I don't follow. Oh, they're powdered. No, I mean, like, what what, what are the wigs for? Oh, we're going to dress up as colonial ghosts. Wait, wait, wait. Can't, can we just do that instead of the monster? Why are we doing both? Overkill. With, well, also... <laughs> is we're going to open up our boat rental place. When, when somebody says... And not what's rent the, a boat. <laughs> but when somebody says, what's the one thing that's going to keep someone away from this area on a lake? Uh, my first response would not be the Loch Ness Monster. Because you know what? Michael <laughs> had heard about it in a cartoon and was already about to pay thousands of dollars to go see it. What are you, about to? Yeah, about to. Lake monsters do not keep people away from I have to talk to my wife lakes. real fast and tell her to cancel my trip. Yeah, it's it's just, it's a little overkill, you know? Just a little overkill to have these two things that are not even tangentially related in the same episode. What follows next is they go back to Uncle Nat's place. There's a weird conversation I feel like doesn't actually need to happen. Where they're basically like, who's going to go back tonight? And then... It turns out it's only Fred, Velma, and Daphne that want to go. None of the Globetrotters want to go. Metal Ark tricks all the rest of them into going. And Daphne and Velma stay. No. And no, no, no. The, going to the cove itself. And oh, right. Fred they, puts his petty pants back on. And forces <laughs> Shaggy and Scooby to go. Because as he puts it... They're the only ones that saw it that could recognize it. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, Fred's of like, course, Fred. Who's going to identify the giant <laughs> serpent? Yeah, because there's... Yeah, Fred's worried he's going to go there, and him and Daphne are going to go scuba diving and see a giant serpent and be like, is that not, the same one that not, they saw? Not that this may be one. a different one, guys. Not this one. It's another serpent. Move along. Get out of here. They just sort of, like, you know, throwing, like, sticks at it. Like, get out of here. So, yeah, we have... for the real one. <laughs> we have... We have the... And then Metalark is going to stay with Uncle Nat, but then he goes anyways. Yeah. This is, a, th- actually, yeah, that's probably the only other nonsense. You probably could have cut this out and made it at least, like, three minutes shorter. Yeah, you could have been like, all right, we'll come back tonight and look for clues. Yeah, Done. I think that continuity is not a thing that exists in this Also, episode. scuba diving, I'm sorry, scuba doobing, scuba doobing, scuba doobing mm. at night is always a smart move. It's always safe. <laughs> yeah, we should definitely go <laughs> scuba doobing at night. There's two teams. There's the land team and the sea team. Mm. The land team is... is, is <laughs> I'm sorry, is that not accurate? No, you have ghosts on land and a monster in the sea. Might as well have two teams. Yeah, so did. the land team is being chased by the Minuteman ghost and the Redcoat. Clearly, I mean, like, actually the scariest one. Yeah. They end up finding what looks like a destroyed shack. They run inside, they hide in the fireplace and behind a potted plant. And one of them gets super tiny somehow, really thin, and hides himself under the bearskin rug. Just gets super a giant tiny. globetrotter super gets under. No, no, that's the no, that's uh, that's Pablo. Pablo's this tiny globetrotter. Oh, okay, he's the okay, a tiny globetrotter. World's gets even tinier, <laughs> and gets under a, the tiniest bearskin rug that I've ever seen. Uh, and hides there. Now, what happens is one of the Globetrotters sneezes, and they all run out, including Pablo, who's underneath the bearskin rug, which scares the ghosts. Well, what follows is the most nonsensical part of this. It's a little confusing. It's a little confusing. And I want you to understand that nothing that's happened thus far has made any sense. The ghosts then slammed the door after everyone's ran out, and then said, You'll never get out! Like, they already are. You're I, the one stuck inside. The greatest you? part about that is they say you'll never get out, and then no one ever mentions it again. <laughs> There's a lot that happens in this episode. And and then and then they just switch, and, and it never comes back to them getting out of where they're already out or anything. Zero continuity. Well, going to the C team, they do run across the Loch Ness Monster as it pops up out of the water. 
Breathing fire. It is breathing uh, a lot of fire. A lot of fire. You know, yeah. I will say this. That is good for the Globetrotters and Fred and Shaggy to be able to row fast enough to avoid that thing. They are rowing so fast. I just, That's I can't really fun. imagine this Loch Ness Monster is going that quick either, considering, I mean, like, it's, it seems to be very buoyant, but probably not a lot of momentum behind that. Well, <laughs> Scooby ends up being shaken out of the boat, lands on the Loch Ness Monster, and struggles in a way that dislodges... What was that bike all about? It's a little airplane. It's kind of like, yeah. to describe it, it's like when you have one of those floats in the pool that yeah. you have to put your mouth on and blow up. Yeah. That's what it is. So in my mind, these three guys are all sitting there working on blowing up this monster. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like... <sighs> <laughs> yeah. So Take your powdered wig off and help. <laughs> now wait a minute. Because this is not a small... But this is a lot of air inside this thing. Now, when you say inflatable, you mean like the thin rubber, plasticky sort of material? Like very thin, very susceptible to heat as being like a damaging thing? Hmm. But no, it's the heat. They, it breathes fire underwater. I, the, heat is, the heat is... is cooler and and also above water that one time but yeah yeah, you know Mm. the whole fire breathing plastic that was your problem oh oh with the buoyancy of the sea serpent yes so the the sea serpent is is very large it's full of air now I, i just think it's physically impossible at this point to submerge this thing underwater and not have it completely deform under the water. Now, my it takes one so much weight to do that. My one and only thought was it did stick its head out of a shipwreck, and I would say if the rest of its body was in the ship, maybe it would keep it underwater. Well, but I mean, if I it's that big, that it might have a... just raised the boat. Exactly, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There was a, it was big enough that if there was that much air trapped under a boat. It would raise to the surface, I still without think, a doubt. Uh, but we're all in agreement that these three guys blew it up themselves by mouth, right? I'll go for that. <laughs> oh, definitely. I, mean, I don't think they had automatic pumps back then. They most certainly did. Did they? Yeah. For thing for like a handmade inflatable dragon. Well, I mean, I don't think it's specifically made for that. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys make sure it's compatible with the new automatic air pump? Oh, boss, no. Get blowing. <laughs> so. <laughs> So what happens is exactly what you expect to happen. The the, the sea serpent goes floating, flying in the air. Scooby's hanging on to it. And it crashes to the two ghosts. Uh, and they fall into the water. And guys, you're going to find this hard to believe. It was it was Selby and Winslow. What? Mis- <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> no I way. am shocked. Like, I'm just surprised that... Well, where's when- Morgan? I thought there were some stand-up dudes. That's- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they would be behind it. Well, I don't know where Morgan is, but I, the ghost of Paul Revere is running out, and then Curly throws a basketball and knocks him out. No, that's that's pretty much it. That's how it ends. There's no trap. Just Curly's like, I'm done with this. <laughs> Eat basketball. <laughs> you know what? This guy's not as tough as Uncle Nat, because Uncle Nat got back up, but this guy stayed down. Your powdered wig makes for a great target at night. <laughs> and, yeah, it turns out that one's Morgan. And then Uncle Nat's there. And, Despite uh, the fact that Uncle Nat did not go with them, Uncle Nat just... He's just oh. there now. <laughs> he's there to laugh at them after they've already uh, been defeated. Because, as it turns out, they were after gold. Yeah, there was a sunken treasure ship down there. We saw the sunken ship, and there was gold on the ship. We didn't get to see that, but yeah, sure. We're just assuming there was gold on it, because that's what they saw. And Nat is there to laugh at them at their moment of defeat because everyone knows about the gold. It's fake. It's fake gold. It's from a movie that they filmed. Called Sunken Treasure. They filmed there because (laughs) of the most original name. Sunken (laughs) Treasure. Or nothing beats the ape man. What's this pirate movie called? Pirate movie. (laughs) What's this movie about the villain called? Villain movie. Yeah. Otherwise known as the boat shop rental crew. Yeah, so and this is just this is just me just brainstorming. Wouldn't it have been easier to skip the powdered wigs, run an old beat up boat rental store, and when someone comes by say, Oh, you don't want to rent out boats here, kids, there's a monster. Just done. Don't even have to deal with the colonial garb and your reenactment it, it does and seem... powdering <laughs> think of the money you save on powdered wigs. It does seem overly complicated. But let's be realistic. These guys are clearly not the brightest ones because, Brett, I, th- I think it was you or maybe it was you, Nate, I don't remember who said, this entire thing could have just been resolved. They found the gold. 
Take but, it. But they apparently did not bring any of it up because as soon as you brought it up and went anywhere to try to spend it, they'd be like, oh, this isn't real. This is just yeah, gold. And, and that would have solved literally every problem you had. Also, I just, like, these guys aren't smart enough and don't have the imagination to come up with the combo of Colonial Ghost and Loch Ness Monster. Do you, I just feel like they were watching, like, two separate movies about a scary <laughs> thing. <laughs> guys, I got it. No, 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 listen to my idea. Ah, oh, no, no, no. Colonial Ghost. I was thinking Sea Monster. You know what? You're both right. We'll go with both of these. This is like if Dracula teamed up with Bigfoot. This doesn't make sense. They just don't work. I don't, I think that makes way more sense than this. Bigfoot <laughs> and Dracula makes way more sense. Minute, Colonial minute Ghost man. and the Loch Ness Monster. Well, so first off, the Minuteman Ghost and the, red coat. and the Redcoat Ghost working together makes no sense. And the Paul Revere Ghost warning about... like the ghost? Like, you're going to warn the Minuteman, the Redcoat Ghost? The, the Loch Ness ghost. Monster is coming. The Loch Ness Monster is coming. And then you had the Minuteman and, like, you know, the red coat. They're both running away from the Loch Ness Monster ghost. Totally strange. It's, this is like, it's a fun episode. And honestly, I like how focused it was on the mystery. There was a lot less just goofy non-sequiturs. Except for the entire episode. But still, it is a bad mystery. You know, talking about it, because when I initially watched it, I'm like, this was rough. But after talking about it with you guys, I realized... This episode was fun and weird. Like, if you're looking at it from a normal Scooby-Doo type of episode, this is garbage. Yeah. But if all you're doing is, hey, you know what? Let's just kind of rip this kind of apart a little bit because it's just, there's so much going on. It's It's so weird. It's fun. It's a fun episode. It's, you know, it's 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 not as good as the last Globetrotters episode. It's not a chore to sit through is the main point. Because there are some episodes, like the three series, where it is just painful. (laughs) You are looking at the clock. You are like, when... Is this 42 minutes over? Like, I'm surprised Nate came back after the eight minutes of... (laughs) So you're saying that this was a D-, minus, but it was also an A+. If you're looking at it like you want to look at a good Scooby-Doo episode, like Nowhere to Hide, A Night of Fright is No Delight, you're going to be super disappointed. But if you're just looking for a goofy, this is the silliest plot... If you want to laugh, this is it. That these three criminals came up with out of nowhere, you're going to get a good time out of this because it... It does stay focused on the ghost, on the mystery. There isn't one, but it it <laughs> endearingly tries to stay focused on it. Before we wrap this up, Nate, what did you think of it? Uh, you know, I've got to say I did kind of enjoy it because it was a laugh. It was a good time. There wasn't any free juice. That's okay. I can get over that. <laughs> That's okay. You can go farther um, in your new car. We can find, we're going to find this. I will find it. The next time you're on the podcast, there will be another... Another chance. You know, actually, why don't you just take Michael's tickets to Boston? I'm pretty sure there might be some juice in the area. I would love to do that. And you know what? I feel really bad for all of our guest stars on these episodes. Because every time they come, it's like it's a disappointing episode. You guys should come back and just watch some of the regular ones with us. So, if you wanted to kind of let us know what you thought of the episode, Brett, what's the best way to reach us on social media? Uh, if you wanted to let us know what you thought about this episode or the Scooby-Doo episode you just watched, you can always reach out to us on Twitter. We are at Meddlers Inc. Again, that is at Meddlers Inc. And you can go ahead and just kind of reach out to us. We leave that for one-on-one conversation, shout-outs, or just discussions. However, if you wanted us to read off a question... On the show, you can always email us. And, Michael, where's the best place to email us at? Yeah, that is meddlersincorporated at gmail.com. Once again, that is meddlersincorporated at gmail.com. And today we have a question. It's from Nate, of course. It's from Nate. Nate, so, so what, what's your question? I Nate? would like to know what specifically Scooby's you know problem with his voice. Like, what, what's his what's his deal? Speech impediment? Yeah, what's his speech impediment? What, what's up with that? What's... So there's a, a psychiatrist named Dr. Long who finally gave an official diagnosis to Scooby-Doo. It is rhotic replacement. I may not be pronouncing that first one that right. Sounds, that sounds interesting. Uh, rhotic, read it, I think, read yeah. it like Scooby-Doo. Rhotic replacement. There we go. <laughs> um, Most popular so it's, it's a fairly newer one. It's a phonological disorder. But the question is really, was this their intention? Probably not. They were just messing around. But mm. apparently this is a thing that actually can't affect real people. I actually, it's really funny. I'm looking forward to the episode where I think Scooby sees a sign saying, like, danger ahead, uh, lots of luck, except it's written with all R's, the first letter, and he reads it normally. 
That would be great. No, I, I've seen that on Twitter like that. bouncing around, and it made me laugh so hard. I'm looking forward to that episode. You know, it actually turns out here there's another famous cartoon character who has a similar disorder. He says, Waskowy Wabbit. You mean Elmer Fudd? Yes. Huh. So, so does that, have a that would mean that disorder. he replaces all the R words with a W. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, so, yeah, that's interesting. Rhotic replacement means that you're replacing one letter with another letter. D's and L's or L's and R's. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you know what else is interesting? Nate, I feel bad that we haven't found that free juice. I, I know that I have these tickets to Boston. Did you want to go with me? Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. Can hey, we see Brett, the Loch Ness you, Monster? Uh, apparently not. Oh. Brett, you want to go with me? You know what? Yes, because even though we might not find Colonial Ghost or the Loch Ness Monster, I have learned one thing. Boston's next to the ocean. You know what that means. Groovy Beach Party. Groovy Beach Party. All right. Cool. Well, that's everything for this week. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Bye.